Hey guys, what's going on? This is The Truth Shall Make You Free. I am Kyle, and the episode is The Riots in Minneapolis, episode number three. Now I'm going to get into this right here. Um, if you haven't been following what's been going on, obviously in the last couple last couple uh, uh, days or two, um, there's a lot of chaos going on right now. Um, that's it's being involved with this whole rioting in um, in Minneapolis about uh, George Floyd, and uh, I'm going to start this article or this episode uh, by reading an article from the Guardian. Um, it says an athlete, a father, a beautiful spirit, George Floyd, in his friend's words, people who knew the man killed in a violent police uh, incident. Say he was an always cheerful, gentle, gentle giant who was laid off when Minnesota shut down. Before his death, beneath a Minneapolis police officer's knee, George, George Floyd was suffering the same fate as millions of Americans during the coronavirus pandemic, out of work and looking for a new job. Floyd moved to Minneapolis from his native Houston several years ago in hopes of finding work and starting a new life, said Christopher Harris, Floyd's lifelong friend. He was looking to start over fresh, a new beginning. Harris said he was happy with the change he was making. As a teen in Texas, he was a football star, many nicknamed Gentle Giant. But he lost his job as a bouncer at a restaurant when Minnesota's governor issued a stay-at-home order. On Monday night, an employee at a Minneapolis grocery store called police after Floyd allegedly tried to pass a counterfeit $20 bill. In a video of the subsc- uh, uh, arrest taken by one of the many members of, of the public that witnessed the violent event, Floyd, who is black, can be seen on the ground with his hands cuffed behind him while a white officer, Derek Chavon, presses him to the pavement with his knees on Floyd's neck. Now, I'm going to stop there a second. Now, I've heard some reports. I've heard. I've heard some uh, an interview by somebody in law enforcement. This happen. Whatever you know. This right here is not protocol. When the police have a suspect in custody, when they have the cuffs on, you don't continue to press your knee into the back or into the neck, which uh, this officer Derek Chavon was doing. I'm going to read this this little piece again. Uh, it said, taken by one of the many, many members of public that witnessed the violent event, Floyd, who is black, can be seen on the ground with his hands cuffed, cuffed behind him while a white officer, Derek Chavon, presses him to the pavement with his knees on Floyd's neck. Now, this is completely, this is completely against police protocol. When you have a suspect detained, that is it. They are detained. You don't need to do anything else. But as you will see, uh, Siobhan uh, continued to put his knee in the neck of Floyd. We'll continue reading here. Siobhan can be seen holding Floyd down for, for minutes as Floyd com- complains he can't breathe, speaking with greater difficulty, and then becoming unresponsive. As witnesses beg the, differs, uh, beg the officers to release him. The video ends with paramedics lifting a limp Floyd on a stretcher and placing him in an ambulance. Floyd, 46, grew up in Houston's third world, one of the city's predominantly black neighborhoods where he and Harris met in middle school. At six foot six, Floyd emerged as a star football player, positioned at the right tackle end for Jack Yates High School team and played in the 1992 state championship game in the Houston Astrodome. Danelle Cooper, one of Floyd's former classmates, said he remembered uh, watching Floyd score touchdown Floyd uh, towered over everyone and earned his nickname, Gentle Giant. 
Quiet personality, but a beautiful spirit, Cooper said. Now I want to stop Rogan right here uh, real quick. Now, I'm going to get into some uh, interesting things later on in this episode a little bit. Um, this is not going to be a long uh, episode, but I do want to kind of point out some things that, you know, I believe, you know, what happened in this case or what is happening. And you're seeing riots start, obviously, in Minneapolis where the rioters uh, burned down the police station and then it went to Denver, Colorado, and then it went to L.A. And now it's going to New York. What is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen when they and now uh, there's video just recently that I saw where they're storming the White House. They have protesters outside the White House uh, trying to get in. And there is a guy that uh, went up on a, uh, on, the, on a building and wrote F. Trump. And what is, what, is, what is going on here? What is the whole premise behind this? Well, I believe this has to do with the whole coronavirus, the whole corona, coronavirus didn't work. And I firmly believe the whole coronavirus was an attempt to stop Trump from getting reelected. Now, you can call me a conspiracy theorist or whatever, okay? And I'm going to be coming out with future episodes, okay, trying to link some of that information, okay? I believe that since the whole Russia collusion hoax didn't happen, and that was everybody came out, and now we have the transcripts from Flynn and Kislyak come out today, and I'm not going to cover that. I'll cover that maybe in the in my next episode. But basically, what is what has happened is he's pretty innocent. What we've known all along that the Russia collusion hoax was nothing but a hoax, and nothing but a farce to try to impeach a president, President Trump, and try to get him. Uh, on, to get him impeached and since that didn't work oh and by the way if you didn't hear this uh, this the the very first case in the United States was pretty much the same day or the day before that when Nancy Pelosi rushed the impeachment to the floor so I think it's kind of weird how they rushed it, they rushed this whole impeachment through, and then she held on to the the in, the transcripts, and then we have the first case back on all the way back in January, I think it was January 15th, where the first case, the first coronavirus case, and then all of a sudden now Nancy Pelosi, here you go, here's the article, now we can continue on with the whole narrative. Yeah, something smells fishy there. So what are you seeing now? You're seeing... The fact that the coronas, the coronavirus is starting, the narrative and everything else is starting to crumble. States are reopening, okay? And now what they're coming out and saying, that these masks that the people are wearing, really, people, healthy people really shouldn't be wearing these masks. That the only the people that should be wearing the mask are the sick people. And it's very interesting how this whole thing, this whole coronavirus thing is crumbling. And as states have reopened and, and are reopening and the number of deaths are starting to go down, now what do they have? Okay? And I'm gonna be point, I'm gonna show you an article that's very that should be, that should kind of kind of make you ask a question on if this so called Floyd, and I'm not saying he didn't die, but this one person, this one black 46 year old um Floyd died, then 
you know, all these other deaths in all these other different cities, where's the outrage? Where's Black Lives Matter when, when, when all these other deaths happen? It's something that, you know, we need to maybe ask a question. Um, I'm going to continue reading here. His life later took a different turn. In 2007, Floyd was charged with armed robbery and a home invasion in Houston and in 2009 was sentenced to five years in prison as part of a plea deal, according to court documents. Harris, Floyd's childhood friend, said he and some of their mutual friends had moved to Minneapolis in search of jobs around 2014. Harris said he talked Floyd into moving there as well after he got out of prison. Floyd landed a job working security at a Salvation Army store in downtown Minneapolis. He later started working two jobs, one driving trucks, another as a bouncer at Conga Latin Bristo, uh, Bistro, where he's known as Big Floyd. Always cheerful, Giovanni uh, Tunstrom, the bistro's owner, said. He had a good attitude. He would dance badly to make people laugh. He tried to teach uh, him how to dance because he loved Latin music, but I couldn't. I couldn't because he was too tall for me. He always called me boss man. I said, Floyd, don't call me boss man. I'm your friend. Harris uh, Harris said Floyd was laid off when Minnesota shut down restaurants as part of a stay-at-home order to curb the COVID-19 pandemic. He said he spoke with Floyd on Sunday night and gave him some information for contacting temporary jobs agency. He was doing whatever it takes to maintain going forward with his life. Harris said, adding he couldn't believe that Floyd uh, would resist to forgery. Uh, I've never known him to do anything like that. Now, this is the first time I'm kind of, I mean, I kind of read this article a little bit. Um, and now this whole, you know, I'm going to stop right here and inject something. This whole thing smells very, very fishy. And I'm just going to be blatantly honest. This whole thing, I believe, is a way to further the agenda of George Soros and the deep state and people that are trying to undermine the uh, Trump and the presidents and his presidency. Again, you can call me a conspiracy theorist, whatever. Again, my whole point of doing this podcast is to help people research the information for yourself. I can say, well, I believe this and that, and I think this is hap- this is what happened, and that, and I believe this is what's happening. And you say, "Oh, that's ridiculous." Well, that's my whole point. I want you, as a listener of this podcast, to do your own research. If it comes to find out that I was wrong, then I was wrong. And if I come, if I say something that's completely and utterly false, I will come out and 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 in one of my podcasts and say that that I was wrong. I'm not going to I'm not going to say well well you know I'm not going to try and you know you know retrace myself and try to cover my tracks no if I'm wrong on some of these things that I say in this podcast then I will admit to it but I believe this is see the whole we have to understand as Americans that there is a deep state within our government and is it has been embedded within our country for so long and Donald uh, President Trump is trying so hard to break that down, and I don't think he realized how how uh, how deep this has gone. And look, I think that the whole narrative of this incident is either staged and it's a hoax to create race riots, to destabilize the country to divide the country 
for the upcoming election. I mean, what is that common saying? United we stand, divided we fall. And that's, we, we as Americans have to stay divided on this. Or we have to stay, my, sorry, we have to stay united on this issue, on the country, on President Trump, whether you agree with President Trump, whether you think he's doing a somewhat okay job, we have to pray for Trump. We have to get behind Trump because what he's trying to do, he's trying to break down the system that has plagued this country for so many years. And we have to pray and get behind him. And and look, the other day, yesterday, he came out and with an executive order to allow people on social media to be able to share information without having to be worrying about whether uh, we're going to get in Twitter jail. And just, in fact, just the other night, uh, President Trump, he tweeted uh, something about this, uh, this, the whole rioters and how they're thugs and Twitter, uh, twi- and Twitter went after President Trump for that. But yet back in 2000, I think it was 14 uh, President Obama said something to the effect of rioters and thugs and nothing happened. So the double standard, you know, is quite amazing. Let me continue reading here. Uh, the way he died was senseless, Harris said. He begged for his life. He pleaded for his life. When you try so hard to put faith in this system, a system that you know isn't designed for you, when you constantly seek justice by lawful means and you can't get it, you begin to take the law into your own hands. Floyd leaves behind a six-year-old daughter who lives in Houston with her mother, Roxy Washington. So that's the end of that article. So that gives you kind of a base, uh, kind of a background story. Um, if you really haven't been following along uh, with this story, now I want to read a Q post. Now, if you don't follow, if you don't know how to follow Q, or if you're new new to Q, uh, I kind of gave you kind of a backdrop of Q. Uh, and I may try and do future episodes that um, maybe I do like a whole series on Q and stuff like that. Um, but basically Q came out and back uh, through about in 2017, I think it's first uh, first couple posts were uh, at the end of 2017. And this is post number 34. Now listen very carefully. Now Inevitable17 the other day on Twitter uh, pointed this this uh, post out, and I think it's very interesting. Uh, during this whole rioting and looting going on right now, that uh, this would be uh, evident. This is this is Q post number thirty four. Now, if you don't know how to follow Q, I'm reading a. This is his board that he posts. It's called um, QMap.pub. That's where you can go and and watch where Q um, drops all his some of his posts. Or he posts all of it. He has he has this one. He has another one. I don't, I'm not really quite sure what the other one is, but this is the one I follow and and follow Q in his post. That number three, post thirty four. Uh, it's called Q Clarence Patriot. My fellow Americans, over the course of the next now now mind you, this is back in two thousand seventeen, November first, November first, two thousand seventeen. My fellow Americans, over the course of the next several days, you will undoubtedly realize that we are taking back our great country. The land of the three, the land of the free, from evil tyrants that wish to do us harm and destroy the last remaining refuge of shining light. On POTUS order, we've initiated certain fail-safes that shall safeguard 
the public from the primary fallout, which is slated to occur 11.3 upon the arrest announcement of Mr. Podesta, uh, actionable 11.4. And if you don't know anything about uh, John Podesta and Hillary Clinton emails, that's a whole different issue that I'm not going to get into right now. Confirmation to the public of what is occurring will then be revealed and will not be openly accepted. Public, listen to this, public riots are being organized in serious numbers in an effort, listen to this, to prevent the arrest and capture of more senior public officials. I'm going to read that again. Public Riots are being organized in serious numbers in an effort to prevent the arrest and capture of more senior public officials. Now, I'm going to stop right there a second. What has happened with General Michael Flynn? Q came out and said that he that that he that he said in the post, and I can't remember right at the top of my head. The cues the, the post read that when you know, and by the way, General Flynn knows where the dead, the, the bodies are buried. Uh, Q came out and posted that Flynn is the beginning of other indictments. And what is going on with Judge Sullivan right now? He is actually going, he is actually being a rogue judge. He's being a judge and a prosecutor. He is the DOJ a while back came out and dismissed the case. They pretty much said, we see no issue with it. We see no wrongdoing what General Flynn did. He's going to be exonerated. That's the end of that. The case is dropped. Well, a couple weeks later, I think it was a week later, a couple weeks, the judge, who, by the way, is friends with Obama, pretty much is holding this, holding General Flynn and the case up. He is preventing the full acquittal of General Michael Flynn. On POTUS's, uh, on POTUS's order, a state of temporary, temporary military control will be uh, actioned and special ops carried out. Now, this thing right here about military uh, order, uh, the governor last night in Minneapolis called in the National Guard. I kind of find that quite interesting. False leaks have been made to retain several uh, within the confines of the United States to prevent extradition and special operator necessity. Rest assured, the safety and well-being of every man, woman, and child of this country is being exhausted in full. However, the atmosphere within the country will unfortunately be divided as so many have fallen for the corrupt and evil narrative that has long been broadcast. We will be initiating the emergency broadcast system during this time in an effort to provide a direct message avoiding the fake news to all citizens. Now, you are asking, is this going to take place? I don't really know. Remember, this is back in 2017. This is back in November 1st of 2017. This is, uh, you know, this is post-34. So this is when Q was just getting started. So I don't really know. I'm not really sure. It's been, I know that I've heard that when President Trump tweets the words on Twitter, my fellow Americans, the storm is upon, the storm is, the storm is upon us, uh, we're very close. That's all I, that's what I do know. And it's very interesting that uh, we would come to a point where, you know, we're starting to see all these riots take place 
at a time when the corona, like I said, the coronavirus was winding down. Organizations and or people that wish to do us harm during this time will be met with swift fury. Certain laws have been pre-lifted to provide our great military the, nece- the necessary authority to handle and conduct these operations at home and abroad. So I find that um, at that time very interesting and uh like I said, back in 2017, uh, that was QE posted that. And right now, as the whole narrative of of everything that's been happening uh, and how the economy has starting to uh, not be what they thought it was going to be, now we're starting to see riots and everything uh, take place. Now, on Twitter... Inevitable ET did about, I'm not sure how, I think it was, he did a, a, a numbers list of this whole issue surrounding George Floyd and the officer Derek Chavon. He tweets, and, it's, and like I said, it's numbered, so it, he go, it's, it's quite a bit here. So, anon source facts about George Floyd and J, uh, Derek Chavon, facts and observations in George Floyd case. Number one. George Floyd and fire and fired officer Derek Chavon overlapped security shifts at South Minneapolis Club and probably knew each other. And and you can go on Twitter here if you're not on Twitter, you can go on Twitter, you can follow this, and you can go. He has a lot of links to this, um, a lot of stuff that he posts. Number two, officers' neighbors had no idea he was a policeman. Something and then uh, Zach Voris here uh, retweeted what he was what inevitable ET was saying. Uh, the next door neighbors of Derek Chavon are on video saying they had no idea he was a cop. Number three, EMTs, paramedics who arrived on scene never checked Floyd's pulse or started necess- resuscitation before loading him an ambulance, which they are legally required to do so. Now there are people, and I think he, I think he, as we go down here, he points out to the fact that uh, the EMTs are wearing bulletproof vests; they're not really wearing uh, uniform or. EMT's uniform, I think in Minneapolis, those are the uniforms that I think they wear. Number four, another St. Paul uh, police officer, Jacob uh, Pedersen, was, according to ex-wife, although PD denied he was the scene in mask and gear breaking windows in AutoZone's store before fire started. So basically, he's pointing out that uh, St. Paul officer uh, Jacob um, Pedersen he was working. He was a PD officer, and he, you can see him supposedly running around with the rioters in a in a mask with an umbrella. Which, by the way, those are associated with Antifa and George Soros-backed people going around and starting fires and on his own and stuff like that. Number five, Amy Klobuchar failed to prosecute officer previously as well as other officers. And they give you, he gives you a link to that uh, news.yahoo.com. Number six, George Floyd, while not being able to breathe, yelled out, I can't breathe at least 11 times loud enough to be heard at a distance. Number seven, the incident took place at a place with some very nice security cameras. And by the way, I saw some of the footage and there's some, there's the video footage starts and then all of a sudden, it, it looks like there's some video. It's like it gets uh, edited. 
So the video starts, and then you're watching along, and then all of a sudden, it's there. There's a there's a video edit, and then it cuts to, it goes kind of it goes skips forward. So I find that kind kind of interesting. You can go on YouTube, and find, I'm sure you can find that out. I think I can't remember the YouTube name. I think it's Young Girl on YouTube. She does a video of that. Um, so I'd recommend going to YouTube and um, and watch that video. I think that's the name. I can't remember right at the top of my head. Uh, number eight, hanging, uh, Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman urges caution in George Floyd case after seeing other evidence that does not support a criminal charge. And there's a link to the WashingtonExaminer.com. Number nine, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey looks and acts like Justin Trudeau and cried on TV. Number 10. Many of the protesters were from out of area. And this is a retweet, and Candace Owen retweeted, the Minneapolis chief of police just confirmed that many of the protesters that are burning down the city are not from Minneapolis. And this is straight out of the book of George Soros and Antifa. Now, do I believe that he is that George Soros and Antifa are behind this? I don't know. But this is very this 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 reeks of it. And then she goes on, my guess, as as he did with Antifa, Democrat George Soros has these thugs on payroll. And you actually there actually is a video of the protesters saying, Soros, 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 we want our money. Where's our money? Soros, Soros, Soros. So it's obvious that these people are real. It's not just some made-up fantasy people that that uh, a lot of the, a lot of people think they're real or not. No, these people are real. Um, and she goes. She finishes. He is funding the chaos via his Open Society Foundation. And I'm going to read an article about Soros and about that in a little bit here. George Soros has a strong influence in area as well as owning stock in Target Core which is owned in Minneapolis. The Soros connection in the Minnesota Al Franken Senate race vote count. Um, number 12, story from 211, and he gives a story from StarTribune.com. Soros bets bigger on Target. And I would go to some of these articles, but um, it would take me it'd take me longer that, that, uh, that I wanted to do this, this episode. Um, Number 13, the incident occurred in Omar's district, which stays riots when Trump held a rally there. Also reports of Antifa present. Number 14, two of the officers may be same undercover FBI agents seen in Boston bombing. There's some article, there's an article on Twitter circling that um, he's the same person. I don't know. It sort of looks like him, but it can't be definite for sure. And we'll just have to wait and see if more photos of that come out and what happens um, when it ha- when that happens. Now, I just want to point out the fact that that um, Officer Siobhan has supposedly has been arrested later today, earlier today. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if there's anything that uh, if if more of the of the uh, of this whole connection and ties with him really being an officer pan out. Number fifteen, Derek uh, Derek Siobhan, the, Minis- the Minneapolis Police Department, MD. MPD officer who allegedly caused the death of George Floyd is married to the sister of, and I can't really pronounce her name here, Tu Tao, another officer involved in the killing. Kelly M. Siobhan is in real estate. Yes, this site even has a video, and he gives a link to the video. Number 16, 
Now, I find this very interesting, and I want to point out something very, very, another thing that's very interesting. There is a video linking, there's a video that has come out and linking um, back in 2003, 2004, uh, that had to deal with the coronavirus and the supposedly that China was involved and the the cure was what do you know chloroquine and what uh, inevitable um, ET points out here is event is eerily similar to the scene out of Orange is a New Black TV show and it shows two pictures uh, one on the left is the uh, a black young kid being held down by a white officer and his hands out his neck, and then it looks like he passes out and loses consciousness. I find that very interesting. 17. Different set of officers takes take custody of Floyd right after his arrest. And he gives, and there's a video here of uh, George Floyd's, uh, is George Floyd's lynching, lynching a hoax? Number 18. George Floyd left Texas prison to start a new life in Minneapolis. Uh, the article we just read. Um, number 19, why pick Minneapolis to, to why pick Minneapolis for the false flag? Because he is a big law enforcement following. Uh, well, because he has a big law enforcement following. Uh, number 20, transgender Andrea Lee, uh, Leroy Jenkins, uh, Minnesota City Council just confirmed on MSNBC that Floyd and Siobhan were co-workers. So even though, you know, the supposedly Floyd and Siobhan worked together, now you can obviously you can you can work with somebody but not really know them and you just yeah but the thing is is I think they worked long enough to where they at least had some kind of contact with each other and they knew each other to the point of yeah I know you I know that I work with you at the same workplace and facility and and stuff like that so I think it's very interesting that they knew each other. They worked at the same location um, and, and stuff. And I find that to be uh, a very alarming. 21, Derek Siobhan's wife, Kelly Siobhan, who at the time was married to her late ex-husband, uh, QJ Young, once wrote a $28 bad check herself. George Floyd was uh, stopped for writing a bad check. Kelly Siobhan, former... Miss Minnesota Beauty con uh, contestant uh, met her future husband, Derek Siobhan, at the Hanging Pin County Medical Center, same hospital Floyd was taken to as a radiologist. Kelly is currently a contestant, contestant for Miss America. And then Inevitable 17 ET posted a, a TwinCities.com article um, of her... Of her uh, United States of America's Miss Minnesota ready uh, readies for the national pageant stage. 22. Siobhan and Floyd's former employee said Maya Semamera, uh, Santamera is connected to Minneapolis elites. Santamera is president and CEO of Minnesota's only Latino-owned radio station La Raza, which carries twins games. 23. Keith Ellison, current, uh, current attorney general of Minnesota and former DNC co-chair and congressman, known for his far-left ideology, uh, ideology and anti-Israel views, promoted a book about Antifa, a far-left radical group that has well-documented history of violence against political opponents. 
And I find it very interesting that last night the police were told to stand down. The fire department was told to stand down. Now, why would they do that? I find it very interesting. 24, El Navarro Rodeo, the club where Siobhan and Floyd both worked and formerly owned by Maya Santamara, burned to the ground in the riots. And he said, convenient. Uh, see, I know you're in medicine too, so you'll appreciate this. Why is EM, EMS already there if they haven't even assessed him? How did they know he needed medical attention? If they knew, then why are they still standing on his neck? This doesn't add up. Like I was saying earlier, they have him in handcuffs. There's no reason for Officer Siobhan to continue to put his knee in his back, back or neck. If, if the subject is detained, you don't need to continue to do that. This story is very, very fishy. Doesn't add up. And then that's pretty much the end, um, end of his, of his, uh, of his post, of his all his posts that he posted. So all this stuff is is starting to look more and more like this kind of thing was planned. It was orchestrated, and. You know, you can you can just you can see that the whole thing I think is 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 a hoax to try and discredit and further bring this country into chaos and blame Trump for what is happening. Now I have an article here from the Chicago Tribune. Uh, this was May twenty sixth, so this was a couple days ago. It says, in Chicago, 191 people have been killed this year. That is one fewer than 2019. I'm going to read some of this article. The Chicago Tribune crime team tracks homicide victims in Chicago and includes all deaths rules a homicide by the, by the medical examiner. This page will, uh, will be updated weekly. So it kind of gives you a graph of homicides so far this year. When homicides happen, gives you the month, day, and time. Now, I want to kind of point out some of the interesting article things that I found in this article. Causes of death for the previous 365 days. The majority of Chicago homicides are the result of gun violence. And it gives you kind of like a, like a big, block, a big uh, bar graph here. And it says uh, 327 are unknown. Uh, shot are 176. Stabbing is 10 and other are 7. And it gives you a where the homicides happen. And it gives you a kind of a graph of the cluster and stuff like that. Now, this is where I want you to pay attention to this article. And this is the one I want you to... to this is something that we need to ask a question. Why is it that... This is happening in Minneapolis. Fair question. Why is this only happening in Minneapolis? Why are the riots and the looters all going to Chicago and saying Black Lives Matter there? Because what I'm going to read to you should alarm you. The Chicago Tribune says about the victims for the previous 
365 days. Listen to this. The majority of the victims of homicide in Chicago are young black men. And it gives you a chart. And it says race and ethnicity. And it gives 303 young black men have been killed. And it says black, not Hispanic. 303. Not known, 144, white, non-Hispanic, 55, Hispanic, 15, Asian, 2, black, Hispanic, 1. So where are the Black Lives Matter in Chicago? Where are the rioters rioting for Black Lives Matter in Chicago? See, this is why I believe that this whole thing is a staged. This whole thing is staged. And you see the very first day that this happened... People were looting Target. And what did you just hear about George Soros? He has stock in Target. Folks, we have to understand that this whole thing, I believe, is a another attempt to destabilize this country, to blame, to have anything to go against Trump. Oh, Trump did this. Let's blame him for that. Oh, Trump did this. Let's blame him for that. Where are the Black Lives Matter in Chicago, folks? Where are they? They're not, they're non-existent. They're non-existent. 303 young black men have been killed. Now, it doesn't really give you an indication of, like I said, you know, whether it was gun uh, shooting or stabbing or, or whatever. But that, does, that, does that really matter? Does that really matter? And let me just say... It says it gives the, the victims um, of homicides. And let's see. George Floyd is 46. And it gives you a bunch of these uh, people that have been killed. You have a 45-year-old male, a 45-year-old male, a 35-year-old male, a 32, a 33. You go down a 36, a, 30, a 32, a 34, a 54, a 33, a 44. All these people, and not one, we have not heard one riot in Chicago. Not one riot about these people. What about these people? What about these people that have been killed in Chicago? These young black men that have been killed in Chicago. Where are the Black Lives Matter people there? Why is this incident only being, why was this incident started in Minneapolis? That is something that you have to investigate for yourself because that is the reason why I'm doing this podcast. To bring you some of the information that I see that people need to question. And look, you can disagree with me all you want. That's that's the whole point of being American. But to me, I think something's wrong here. Something isn't adding up. Now, I said... Uh, that I had some information, an article on George Charles. So let me end with this, and this will be, I'll finish uh, reading this article. This is from the San Diego Union Tribune, and this was in May 17 of 2018. And I'm going to read some of this article here. He's put, uh, it says, who is this George Soros and why should I care? He's put a lot of money into the campaign of San Diego District Attorney, but who is George Soros? He's a naturalized American born in Hungary who amassed a fortune managing investment funds. 
In the early 1990s, his success in the financial markets and global activism on behalf of the emerging East European democracies made him a household name. More recently, his funding of liberal causes and support for progressive protest movements have made him a favorite target of the right. And it goes through here and has questions and answers. I'm not going to read some of this, but I want to go down and um, read some of this, some of it though here. Question, did Soros pay protesters to join the Women's March? Answer, a 2017 story in the Washington Times claims Soros gave $246 million to 100 of the groups listed as partners of the Women's March between 2010 and 2014. This claim was repeated and amplified by conservative bloggers, although Soros Foundations openly contributed to many of the partners from Planned Parenthood to the National Resources Defense Council, there is no evidence that any of this money went into the pockets of marchers. Political, PoliticalFact.com rated this claim a pants-on-fire misstatement. Well, of course they're going to say that because uh, a lot of these people, a lot of these um, entities are part of the deep state. Go back and listen to my, my, my episode of the of the... Operation Mockingbird, how the media and the media elites control the narrative. Question, did Soros spend $33 million to fund Ferguson protests and Black Lives Matter riots? Now, I'm not going to get into the Ferguson riots, but I will say this, that this, the, this, the riots going on right now are very eerily sim- similar to the Ferguson protests when that was going on. So you have to kind of link the two. It's kind of interesting. It's his answer. Like the Women's March rumor, there is some truth to this claim. Soros's Open Society Foundations have given grants, grants to some of the groups that engaged in organizing Black Lives Matter and Ferguson protests. What's unproven is the implication that Soros personally paid rioters. So then it just continues, it continues to go through here and... Um, Give some, I don't know if I'm going to read any more, and that's pretty much the end of the article. And I'm just going to close close with this and, um, and say that, you know, this whole thing about what's been going on with these, with these rioters and looters and, you know, for, for, for one thing is the fact that you have a, you know, a white police officer subduing a black man on the ground in handcuffs and when he was in custody that should have been it that should have been that should have been done but the way that this scene and the way that you did you if you go on and look at some of these some of the footage that's available a lot of things don't add up. A lot of things seem to be off on this issue. And like I go back of reading the Chicago article, where are all the Black Lives Matter when it comes to, and let me say this, Chicago is one of the most places where incidences happen. There's a lot of 
gun violence or a lot of stabbings or a lot of deaths and, and stuff like that that happens in Chicago. But we don't hear any riots going on and started Chicago. Why is that? I think it's something that we as patriots, we as Americans need to research and ask the question, why hasn't any riots, any looting star start in Chicago for the many deaths that have happened, particularly to the black community? I find it very interesting. And I feel I need to say this before I end this episode, as we as patriots, we as Americans, we as Q followers, we as podcasters, we have to get behind each other and support each other. Even if you don't podcast, even if you don't share the news, even if you're just on the sideline and you're, and you're you know, just taking in the news, the American people, we as the American people, we are not the enemy. The enemy is the George Soros's of the world. The enemy is the deep state. The enemy is the ones who hate us and want to see us divided and destroyed. Those are the enemy. Those are the enemies that don't care about us. And we have to get behind each other. We have to defend each other as patriots, as citizens of America. And I will say this, we have an obligation to provide people the truth. If something doesn't look right, if the narrative doesn't look right, we have to rise up and defend this country. Because if we lay down and we don't do anything and we just say, oh, whatever, I'm just going to go about my life and I'm not going to do anything about this and I don't care what happens here and I don't care what happens there and I'm just going to do my job, we're not going to have a country left. This country is going to go down the toilet. We as Americans have an obligation. And I am reminded of this quote by Thomas Jefferson. And I'm going to read this here. And I just thought this was, I'm going to end this here. Declaration of Independence. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13th, 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth and separate an equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that when any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people 
to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to effect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate the governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, transient causes, and accordingly, accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are some are more disposed to suffer, which evils while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and uh, I can't say that word, usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide, and to provide new guards through, for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferances of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. Now, if you listen to that, as I struggle to read, <laughs> to read that one word, I apologize. Sometimes I go into a uh, little brain freeze there. But my whole point is this. We as the people have a right when the government becomes destructive of its means to overthrow the government and to overthrow the evilness of what it has become. And that's why I get behind Donald Trump. That's why I'm supporting Donald Trump because he's trying to do that as we speak and the deep state are trying so very hard to keep their power and it's not going to work. Thanks guys. Look, thanks for listening. I appreciate you listening. This has been uh this is Friday, May 29th, and I look forward to um my next couple episodes where I will be getting maybe some more giving you some more information about this case along with some other things. I will be providing you with some information uh, about uh, maybe some of the virus uh, that's kind of um, been kind of sidelined since this whole thing's been going down. And I'll get into uh, some uh, information about uh, General Michael Flynn. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a blessed day. Thanks.